The throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. It's very simple quick and easy to navigate panoramic view of the seats from every section which i think is really really cool and also not just sports tickets but music and theater tickets as well and i'm serious when you just check it out minutes before the game you really do see prices drop up to 60 percent off as well Uh, have some great experience with the game time app so head on over to the app store play store download game time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets Monday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Throwback. I'm your host, Chris Meany of the Athletic, joined by Jake Seeley and Brad Ziegler of the Athletic as well. A shout out to our heroes. It is Veterans Day in the states, Remembrance Day above the border. Uh, just a shout out to all those who saved our country, battled for our country. So thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. It is the free verse, like Jake says. If you don't have a subscription at The Athletic, it's very, very simple. Theathletic.com slash four stack lines slash the throwback slash best on the board slash a lot of shows that Jake's a part of as well. We'll get you that 40% discount and he has his waiver wire column happening at 12.01. And Jake, uh, a lot of guys I'm sure you're going to be writing about. There's some very disappointing performances. We'll get to them throughout the show, but I, I feel like you're going to be a busy dude tonight. Nah, I'm a busy dude every Monday night. But also a special, a special, special happy birthday to Mama All-In Kid. Ooh, is, Mama All-In Kid's birthday today. Yeah, her birthday is November 11th every single year. She gets her, She's always had her birthday off. <laughs> well, in fairness, then I'll, I'll shout out to my wife because today's our anniversary. So. Wow! So we got Jake's mama's birthday. We have you and your wife's anniversary. Yeah, what are we doing? Um, the show's over. See you guys later. <laughs> yeah, we're all done. Uh, my grandfather's birthday. Who did serve some time in the military as well? So shout out to him. Uh, awesome. And I know he's listening, and um, he loves when the three of us get together, and he especially loves when we argue. So maybe we'll maybe we'll <laughs> argue for him a little bit later on. I don't want to wish him happy birthday then. <laughs> uh, okay, so. All of that taken care of. Week 10. Finally, I think, you know, the NFL always comes out with these these weeks are just, like, so random. Like, big-time players don't show up or big-time teams don't show up. And I think we had a lot of that in Week 10. It was our first week. I'm out of Survivor. Uh, Brad, I know talking to you. And Jake talking to you off air. <laughs> we all rip, shredded up, done Survivor. Saints lose. They were 14.5-point favorites in some spots. They lose to the Falcons of all teams. The Colts lose to the Dolphins. I know we can give them an excuse, some injuries. Brian Hoyer, T.Y. Hilton, what's happening? doesn't matter. They lost at home to the Dolphins. And then the way the Chiefs lost, Brad, my goodness, they were my team for the Survivors. So um, tough sledding for those three teams for sure, Survivor pools, and then some very disappointing performances as well. Jake, I'll go to you first. What was your biggest takeaway from Week 10? 
Uh, the biggest takeaway is that I was, as a Giants fan, kind of happy because <laughs> all the one and something teams, except for the Redskins who aren't a plane, and then the Bengals, with their, I mean, they're not getting there anyway. The Giants moved it up in the draft order. That's what I was happy about. There is no such thing as tanking as the Dolphins and the Falcons have yet again proved. There is no such thing. Uh, I gotta say, the biggest surprise is what you just said. That game, though, because the Saints coming off a bye, coming off a bye at home, coming off a bye at home, the Falcons that are just cashing in the season, already making trades, or already did make trades before the trade deadline. I think that you, you talked about a survivor. That was the most shocking one. It was a double-digit point spread. You and I talked about whether or not we wanted to take the other side only because of the points. It was a 13, 13 and a half was the final line. Uh, the survivor I was in, you know I was bitter about it because you, my survivor pool, if, I guess if you forgot, you can't pick the afternoon or night games or Monday night football. You get slapped with the biggest spread, so I was knocked out. But the good news is I was going to take the Colts anyway, and they lost anyway. <laughs> I said I said Brian Hoyer was going to keep slinging it. I just wish he wouldn't have done like Fitzpatrick and thrown it to the Dolphins so much. Yeah, thanks for oh, that. Man. Uh, and what's your what was your big takeaway, Brad? Uh, it was just it was a frustrating day, like just watching coaches tank it. Like I, I and and I don't, I don't mean tank it like on purpose. I mean tank it like make bad decision after bad decision. It felt like there were like yeah. eight coaches that have been watching the Bears film and be like, oh yeah, that's a good way to play. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears, yeah, they got, they got Nagy disease. Yeah, the Saints oh, are the man. big takeaway for me. I mean, the Falcons came into this game with seven sacks. It, it looked like they had given up for for Dan Quinn weeks ago, and they come out of the bye. And I and I guess you know the division rival. You know, got the Saints. No, you get up for a you game, can't but there was, it away. yeah, there was no, there was real. That to me was was really shocking. Like Michael Thomas still did his thing. Alvin Kamara had a very disappointing showing, but Drew Brees was sacked six times. They came into that game with seven sacks. They basically hit their total, doubled it from from that game. So amazing stuff. Um, yeah, Giants move up, I suppose, on the draft board. But the Bengals yeah. still lose, Jake. The Bengals still lose. And well, I was expecting to get the number one pick. <laughs> right. And, it, and I think the Bengals, I know they play Washington or Miami Week 16, one of the two, or it's a winnable game. But uh, I want to get into the Bengals in a little bit and just how they kind of switch things up slightly in terms of just with Andy Dalton, they threw a lot. And yesterday, the right feeling they passed. But sidebar. Um, LSU Alabama, Jake. I, I know you were you know tuning in. If, oh. if Bengals fans <laughs> are are sitting here today and wondering, yeah, we have a pretty good shot at getting that first overall pick. What do you think they do? Oh, they're taking a quarterback. Yeah, There's but no who? Is, is, uh, I think it's just Burroughs. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it is. I think it's going to come down to personal taste. Closing, I, be, closing the gap, Burroughs for sure. Well, I don't even know if it's closing the gap. I think that as of today, you could make a case. I still think pure talent-wise, I would give the slight edge to Tua. But I say slight edge now. We're going to the season where I think Tua was the consensus. Mm. I mean, we're not even talking about Herbert. We're not right. even talking about that. And I say that because let's go back to last season. Nobody was talking about Daniel Jones going where he did as the the highest or second highest quarterback for that range and just saying like, oh, well, you're going to have differing opinions, differing on the team's play style, offenses, everything's going to come into play. So it really depends on what Zach Taylor wants to do. And I can see him taking any one of four quarterbacks, honestly. And I think at this point, love has kind of fallen off, but. I still think he's got plenty of options. It's just going to be their personal taste at this point. There's still too much time to say definitively who it's going to be. But I don't think that – and I say that because I don't think the Dolphins are – like my, my buddy's a Dolphins fan. He's like, I can't believe it. we're losing our chance to get Tua. I'm going to be more pissed off than when we took freaking Ted Ginn, blah, blah, blah. I was like, 
you might still get Tua. I don't know that right. you're definitely out of it yet because the Giants, unless Dave Gettleman says, oh, we're just going to take the best player on the board and take Tua because he's an idiot. Like, Imagine. Like, I think Tua might still be there. For One of the quarterbacks is going to – there could be four quarterbacks going inside the top ten this year. Where, where are the Giants, like, slated to pick right now? Are, third. are they third? Okay, so there's a chance they get Chase Young then. If if one and two are quarterbacks, oh, we, they might get I the, don't act, even the actual talk best about player. That. You wouldn't like that? No, no, that situation. That is the NCAA. It's just can we get rid of the NCAA? Oh, like him being that suspended. Is such, if for a loan that he paid back before he was even there, and then the whole thing with the Memphis kid, like the NCAA, like it was like they they basically went out and said, "Hey, we're going to pay college players." And everybody's like, "Oh, okay, finally, like, NCAA is good. They finally got with it." And immediately did possibly the worst thing you do and take all the goodwill and threw it out the window. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. But that being said, the Giants might still get Chase Young, and and that, that yeah. will make them an immensely better team. Well, yeah, it so depends on like the Redskins if they go. Yeah, the, I can see the Redskins going definitely offensive line over Chase Young. But I mean, if you're looking at it, look right now. To my point, you got Bengals, Redskins, Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Falcons, Bucks. Bucks are three and six. The Falcons are going to take a quarterback most likely. The Bengals and then the Dolphins. So there, you, you don't have to worry about the Jets, Giants, and Redskins. So the Dolphins, it's not the end of the world, guys. But again, proving that tanking doesn't exist. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and they have they have enough picks too. It's it's not all about that one high pick. They have so many other high picks um, that they're just gonna reload. And and it's like yeah. it's amazing to me how well they are playing right now under Adam Gates. Their defense has looked really good the last two weeks. Fitzpatrick's Fitzpatrick. Like he's he's gonna make some throws. He's also gonna make some some bonehead plays and 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 look good doing it with that beard. But it's, it's still. <laughs> It's still. You confused me for a second. They're playing under Adam Gase. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's like, but they're 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 buying they're buying into what they've got going down there, and they're playing like they just dominated the Colts yesterday. That wasn't even a a game. The Colts should not have been in that game if it wasn't for the lack of talent on the Dolphins' end, because that the Colts couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything offensively. They couldn't they they couldn't do anything defensively um, outside of you know stop Kalen Balage. Woo. Uh, so, yeah, a big woo. Twenty carries for what? Forty three yards for Kalen Balaj for oh, what a surprise! Four receptions for two yards. <laughs> yeah, we I, we all said that. I mean, we 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 talk about opportunity a lot in fantasy, but do you even care that Balaj is touching? The no, they've been even saying this all year long. And I I even saw Raymond Summerlin, friend, he's in the flex leagues or a Roto World guy. Oh, yeah. uh, he tweeted out yesterday. He's like, well, it turns out like maybe Balaj shouldn't be the answer. I said, wait, we're still we still have this question like. I thought we had this question set up before the season started, and then people still wanted to hold on for a few weeks because of the opportunity. Like, at what point? I thought we were settled long ago on Kalen Balage, But it's truth. Like, look, I'm not saying close talent matters that much when you have replaced. Like, Latavius Murray is close talent to Alvin Kamara. A different style, but close in talent, overall talent. Like, if you graded them out of a 10, you know, you might say Alvin Kamara's a 9 and Latavius Murray's an 8. So when you replace somebody that close, there's not a big difference to the team. However, running backs do matter as Kalen Balazs is showing and as Christian McCaffrey is showing. And I know that's the complete opposite ends of the spectrum because now you're talking about a 10 out of 10 and a 1 out of 10. But this whole running backs don't matter. I mean, this is proving the point. They do matter when you're talking about elite versus garbage replacement. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, things actually look up. I mean, they're looking up for Miami, whether you like that or not. And on the other side, Pittsburgh <laughs> keeps winning. Mika Fitzpatrick, I mean, everyone kind of crapped on that trade. Oh, you gave up a first. You're probably going to get another high pick. What are the Steelers doing? It reminded me a lot of last season when the Cowboys traded that first for Amari Cooper. I mean, these are two deals that they seem to be working out. But for Miami, Buffalo this week, Cleveland, Philly, the Jets, Giants, Bengals, there's some winnable games for Miami. I don't know if they're going to get that top pick, but they'll still get a good player in the draft because, as we've said numerous times, it is a deep, deep draft. Um, Mike Kosecki was very disappointing, and there's a lot of hype for him. We talked about him a lot on the DFS show as a potential fade. Do you play him? Uh, but between him and Devontae Parker, they had 16 targets. They basically had all of the work. Uh, so keep an eye on that moving forward as well. You know, just to go back to the Bengals for a second, because I don't want to spend too much time on them. But, but Jake, I mean, when Andy Dalton was under center, he was throwing more than anybody. He was sacked more than anybody. Then he got benched. I mean, 71% of the time they were throwing the football. And then yesterday they ran the ball 56% of the time. Uh, Joe Mixon has his best performance of the season. 30 carries, 114 yards. Um, he caught two of his three targets for 37 yards. If you are still available to make trades in your fantasy football league and you have Mixon, is now the time to unload? Or do you think going forward they're just going to lean on Mixon a little bit more? Yeah, there's some question marks with the offensive line. Obviously, the offense with Ryan Finley doesn't look like A.J. Green. I mean, he, he may not suit up all year. They could just shut right. him down. Um, but Joe Mixon, is this positive? Are you hanging on? What, what's your thoughts on that big, you know, Mixon's performance, I suppose? Speaking of A.J. Green, everybody knows at this point the Simpsons gif of Grandpa Simpson walking in the restaurant and walking immediately back out and put his head on. The best one I saw was when somebody put out there that said A.J. Green coming off an injury. See, they're going 0-8. They have a rookie quarterback starting. <laughs> walks in and walks back out of the practice room. Like, that's... That's what it's like. No, I'm good. I'm out here. Like, so, I would say sell high immediately also because of Joe Mixon. If you look at his efficiency yesterday, it wasn't great. It was still, again, we have to give Joe Mixon a little bit of a pass for this season for he's doing the most he can. Like he's, he's still a top 15 talent. You could even argue still top 10 talent, but he's been given an awful situation this season and yesterday an awful situation. 30 carries. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And you look going forward at the Raiders, you know, that's kind of a middle of the road, but then Steelers, the Jets defense, which just showed against the Giants that they can just pound that offensive line from a run standpoint at the Browns, Patriots, and then at the Dolphins to finish things off. So are you really going to like try and hold Joe Mixon just hopefully for your championship game? So I would sell high because of the schedule and because Ryan Finley under center and because this team is miserable just in general. So if you can, but obviously, we've seen it. We talk about it on the DFS show all the time, Chris. People are smarter. It might be tough to sell high. Yeah, and and for Mixon, I mean, his first 100-yard game, Brad, we haven't even seen that from Todd Gurley yet this season. No, and he's not – it's another one of those, you know, uh, right up the 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 Matt Nagy uh, – out of the Matt Nagy, you know, school of play calling. Todd Gurley, 12 carries. He had 73 yards. He was completely dominant on the ground when they used him, and they didn't use him. He had zero catches – like, how do you get your best player 12 touches? And I don't care about, like, what – if he's on the field, you got to play him. If he can't go, if he's got the knee issue that you're talking about, then he shouldn't be active because it's either play him or don't. And I, I understand you can manage a workload, but you can't manage a workload to the detriment of your team. And Jared Goff sucked yesterday. So, at that point, you've got to go with what's working. That should have been Todd Gurley. I have no idea why they didn't run the ball more because that was the one thing the Steelers were giving up. It, I mean, they, they shut down Cooper Cup, which is embarrassing for the Rams because I know he had a, he had one bad drop, yeah. but it was, it would have been like an eight or 10 yard catch. And, and outside of that, he didn't, he was covered the whole day. 
And, you know, it was, it was Robert Woods, seven catches, Gerald Everett, eight catches. I mean, they, they're just, they had nothing going offensively at all. And it was, it, it was the one thing they could have done was run the ball and they didn't do it. Yeah. Woods and Everett showed up, but didn't show up until the second half. Those guys both had zeros with Cooper Cup in the first half. And Jake, you've been all over golf over the past, I don't know. <laughs> Ever? Yeah, a few weeks. Uh, last 16 games, I mean, 17 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, um, you know, just 16 fumbles. Like, he just – he doesn't look good. He doesn't look comfortable. Give a lot of credit to the Steelers. But out of – I mean, all the disappointing performances, DJ, Cooper Cup, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, you know, kind of touched on him. Devin Singletary, you know, not getting a lot of work. I, I feel like Cooper Cup was the most disappointing out of the, out of the bunch, despite DJ giving you negative fantasy points. Well, I mean, it's the biggest thing is because yeah, he went he went for over. I mean, he's just to get a zero to get not even one and catch. Only four where, targets. Yeah, so that, that's the biggest issue here is that. And but yeah, you know, to, I I don't know what else to say at this point about Jared Goff. I can only trash the guy so much and have nothing left to say. You know, you're, you're fine like, with Cup. Like now's a chance to buy low, I suppose. But it does affect everybody else in this offense. Well, so I was actually – all that being said, even with the Jared Goff joking that we're doing here is heading into this week. I said if your trade deadline hadn't passed and I got a lot of questions about it, I was buying Robert Woods just for the upside because we saw Robert Woods last year when Cup went out and now you have no Brandon Cooks. So it's like there's an opportunity when you can like whittle this down to two wide receivers and Josh Reynolds, which I also thought, you know, hey, maybe there's potential for Josh Reynolds. And he had an okay game. Uh, again, let's give the Pittsburgh defense some credit here. Yes, We've been, I've been, yeah, you, I, you, is good. We've been saying this for how many weeks now? Like ever since the Fitzpatrick trade, you brought it up before. But you know, Woods dominated yesterday. He didn't score a touchdown, but you love to see 11 targets, seven catches, 95 yards, and that's why. But Brandon Cooks sounds like he might be able to return. Even if not, yeah, you still have to buy. Excuse me, have to buy a cup because it's just the opportunity here is still there. Yeah, and and the Steelers, I mean, heading into the week, Football Outsiders has them had them as the third ranked defense, and I'm sure they just kind of improved their stock there a little bit. Brad, you you mentioned off off air about Alvin Kamara. We kind of touched on the Saints. Pretty disappointing from Kamara, not only this season but yesterday, and and what was a dream matchup? Yeah, it it. I don't understand how it almost felt like the Saints had to have slept walked through this whole week. And I saw, you know, people were commenting, Sean Payton got engaged like Friday night maybe, and they're like, oh, he's not focused on this week. He's, you know, whatever. And it, and then after this happens, it almost kind of makes you wonder, like, was he distracted, like, leading up to this extravagant proposal that he had? Maybe they weren't putting in the work because how do you get Alvin Kamara four carries, four carries in a game that is, is relatively close the whole game. I know it ended up 26 to nine, but they were down maybe a touchdown in the first half. Like that's still, you've got to go to your bread and butter and that's Alvin Kamara. He's the best player on that team. Michael Thomas was dominant. And I, I realize you could probably throw him the ball every other time you drop back and be just fine, but you have to take a little heat off the, off the pass catching. I guess it, some of it might have had to do with, with their, their, uh, you know, the, the pass rush that the Falcons put together yesterday, but their secondary is terrible. And I don't, I, I don't understand how, okay, so Michael Thomas got his carries. Alvin Kamara got eight catches, 50 yards. Ted Ginn had like nothing, not, not, not even, even existent. Traquan Smith, one catch. Those were the only two guys catching passes. So at that point, if you aren't able to do anything in the passing game, whether it's because of the pass rush or whatever, run the ball and, and use your offensive line that is a good run blocking offensive line. And they just didn't do it. What'd you, what'd you take away from that game, Jake? 
Yeah, so I'm thinking about it. I'm buying low. Uh, I actually had Camara over Barkley this week ranked, and that worked out, but for a completely different reason because <laughs> I mean, they were both disappointed. He's just a lot less disappointed than Barkley was. But you look at it, it's the first time this year he's only had single-digit carries. You go back to last season, it happened three times, four times if you include the loss against the Rams in the in the playoffs. But if you look – or I guess five if you want to include the Pro Bowl too, but <laughs> in case nope. – like, this is not common, and I, you know I agree with one thing here. And we, as you mentioned, we talked about it before the show is this was I, I think Peyton went in with a game plan, and it was pass to beat the Falcons, and just pass, pass, pass because they only ran the ball eleven times, once with Taysom Hill, once with Ted Ginn. So Kamara ran four to Latavius Murray's five. That just doesn't seem like it should ever be a game plan. I don't care who you're facing. I just I don't get it. Maybe maybe the Eagles, just because you know how dominant their run defense is and how awful their pass defense is, maybe you can come away with that excuse. But at some point, when you have that much weakness across the team, it just doesn't make sense, and especially when it really wasn't working. Yes, uh, Brad's right. Michael Thomas was working. Michael Thomas got his. Alvin Kamara in the passing game was working, but at some point – you got to try and beat them two different ways because Alvin Kamara is just that good. And they lost because of it. I mean, let's be honest. They lost because of that game script. Not game script. I guess game plan should be the better word. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, he he still outstapped Latavius Murray 52-16, to but the usage is certainly puzzling. He only has two touchdowns on the season. He's been... He's been very disappointing. I know he's missed some time, but, I mean, Michael Thomas is is unbelievable, Brad. You're right. You could throw him the ball, and he'll catch everything that goes his way. I mean, 86 catches is the most by any player through nine games NFL history. He's well on his way to, you know, having the catch record, I believe, is what, 143 for Marvin Harrison? So he's on pace for 150. And do you know what his reception percentage is? Oh, it's, what, like 95? 95 or something? Um, yeah. No, it's 83.5. Uh, that's still pretty, pretty dang high. It just seems like every time the ball's thrown his way, he brings it down. Yeah, if, if no, that's but there's a lot of targets that go his way that are being thrown away then because and they're they're giving the target to him because balls that actually are thrown where he can try to catch it, he catches everything. Yeah, 86 of 103. Throwing his way. Yeah. yeah. But so yeah, do you know who, uh, real quick, do you guys off the top of your head, you know who has the second most receptions to his eighty six? Who has the second overall? I think Hopkins is second in catches. Yep, sixty eight. <laughs> 68 oh, in second. They both played nine less. games because, yeah, they both now <laughs> had their bye. By the way, Hopkins, for as amazing as his, he is, 73.9 catch reception percentage. There's got to be like a 400 yard difference between those two, too, right? There, there is. is. Ah, there you're is. close. Yeah. 360. Yeah, yeah, there is. 360. It's, very close. Because it seems uh, like every hasn't catch. anything further than five yards down. Three. Right. And. That's a problem. It, what what's the deal with that? I mean, last I don't year know, he was it going a problem down because you know we get that this week. You know, you know it's Lamar versus Watson this week, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is the game of the week. Like, how is that Absolutely. still a one o'clock game? Flex that crap. Flex that crap, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, this guy is well on his way to. I mean, depending on what Russell Wilson pulls off tonight against the the 49ers, it's it's him and and Russell Wilson or him and Lamar Jackson going toe to toe for for MVP. It's it's unbelievable. I, I think I said this on Wednesday show potentially with the Bengals. They had allowed 460 yards in four straight games, and they were going for the NFL record. There's only two teams in 100 years who have done that. It's this year's Bengals and last year's Bengals. And the reason that it didn't happen yesterday is because the, the couple pick sixes and all the turnovers. Like, the Bengals' defense wasn't on the field enough to allow 460 yards, or else they would have. But Lamar Jackson <laughs> with that spin, I mean, that was just – it was beautiful. And also, sidebar, 
Did you see when they lined up three former Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield? I mean, <laughs> Mark Ingle, Mar Jackson, and um, RG3. RG3. Man, they were just toying with the Bengals. That was fun to see, I Brad. tweeted that out. I was like, they ran that option from Lamar to – it was an option pitch from Lamar to Robert Griffin. I'm like, they're just messing. Yeah. Like, if you're the Bengals – until like, 10 yards downfield yeah. either. Like, it, it was like, this is like a high school football right now. Dude. That's what I used way back with the college football game. I used to do that all the time. It was just like roll out, get about six yards, and then pitch it to the running back or whatever. Just like it was, Gary. It was such a cheat on that game. Yeah, well, Mike Vick was one of the funnest players to use in Madden over the years, just because of that. And Lamar Jackson, the same thing. Just run around with him and do some spins and some. Uh, it's yeah, it's good. But um, are they the team to beat right now? The Ravens. Yeah. In the AFC, no, I'd still NFL, take the Patriots. The, with, it's still got to be the Patriots. Yes, yeah, I know the Patriots are coming off a loss. I would still take the Patriots just because it's the Patriots. Uh, I mean, and also because I still would take the Patriots versus the Saints for my Super Bowl picks. I'm not changing, Chris. Yeah, all right. I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah, the Saints. I think the Saints will fix themselves. But if the 49ers go out and beat Seattle tonight, then it will. If I feel like it makes the 49ers yeah. the team to beat in the NFC at that point. I would have to agree. I still wouldn't change my pick, but I, I, yeah, it's hard to not. If they pull this win off tonight, I mean, that's the last question they have. The 49ers? Yeah, well, they're six-point yeah. favorites, but looking like maybe no Kittle, that could be. I mean, if they win without Kittle. I know I had to play Rittitellison in my home league yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, good for you. Uh, any other, you know, I, I suppose just going back to some of the more disappointing performances, Let's let's do Saquon first because it seems obviously Jake he's not 100. percent There's some talks about some X-rays and and after the game there were you know I, I believe they said yeah he definitely you know what the heck happened he only had one yard for 13 carries five catches for 30 heading into the bye week um, not much you can do with Barkley I mean I, I suppose if you could trade him would you trade him I mean there's an opportunity also maybe to buy low if you're in a good spot what if you're up near the top say who who knows you're probably up not near the top if you had Devonte freeman but he left yesterday with an ankle and foot but what if all of a sudden you're thin at running back and you're near the top of the standings would you go ahead and buy saquon or do you have some concerns the final few weeks of the season so i'll let uh, brad speak to the tweet that he sent us before the show because i think that's part of it too and i think part of it was just if you watched that game yesterday the giants team did him no favors uh, there's probably something maybe there he's not 100 percent. here's the good news is why i would say buy low is because they have a bye week coming up so you're not going to be able to sell that's the biggest issue you're not going to be able to because you got the questions of an injury is it the same one from before and he aggravated it it's a bye week and it's week 11 people in week 11 for a bye week are not going to be patient and trying to get into the playoffs so now's your perfect time to buy low they don't have a very scary schedule, uh, so I'm not worried about that. And it is Saquon Barkley. The Giants have their own problems, but it's you know it's I'd still take them side by side, knowing they're 100. percent I would take his situation over Joe Mixon's situation any day of the week. So that's where I would say here's the one I will think about. If you own Saquon Barkley, the one where you might be able to sell him and not get hit too hard in a trade is look at somebody at the top of the standings who can think of it from the angle I'm saying to buy low. Who's somebody who could say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll buy Saquon Barkley. And maybe after tonight, if he has another good game, maybe you'll get like a Tevin Coleman, a split situation. You get one of the running backs where you're saying, hey, any given week, you know, he could be an RB1, but any given week he could be an RB3. That's the ebb and the flow. So you go get that. Or maybe you try and say, you know what, I need – and I'm saying all this is if you need a win. If you can be patient, I'm not trading him. But if you need a win, you go over the, the Marlon Max. You maybe quote-unquote buy high on Ronald Jones. Those type of situations would I be looking at if only in that case, again, if you need a win. Otherwise, I'm trying to buy low. 
Yeah, uh, and and so the tweet that you referenced, um, Field Yates from ESPN, uh, said Barkley had minus 13 rushing yards before contact yesterday, which is the fifth lowest by a player since fifth fewest by a player since ESPN started tracking it in 2007, and he was contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage on 11 of 13 runs. Like they their offensive line was atrocious yesterday, but the 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 play that I saw that showed me he was not healthy was the play Jamal Adams made um, where he just took the ball away from Daniel Jones and ran in for a touchdown. He just blew up Saquon Barkley trying trying to pick <laughs> yeah. up the blitz. He just he shoved him like four steps back. Barkley had you could tell he had no stability in his lower half because that shouldn't happen. And and he's a he's a good enough pass blocker to not have that happen. So it just it makes me think he doesn't have a lot of stability in his lower half and and if hopefully this bye week will get him healthy and allow him just to rest for 10 days or whatever before they, he goes back to practice. And then, and then, you know, assuming the x-rays came back clean and, and it's just still dealing with strength issues from coming back a little too early. Cause I think it's pretty obvious at this point he came back too early. Yeah. I mean, he's only got 29 rushing yards in his last two games. He got the bears out of the bye, green Bay, which is a decent matchup for him. Philly, which is a tough one. And then Miami and Washington to wrap things up. And you know, that's what you like to say. Yeah. That's what you love to see. So, I mean, if you're, you're a Barkley owner. Maybe now, you know, possible you can go and get but it. But if you're trying to buy low, talk up, you know, talk up the injury, talk up, like, look at the two teams they got to face out of the buy. I mean, there's yeah. plenty to get get here to push his value down. Yeah, and and Jake, you were looking before you came on. I saw you had a tweet that you were looking at just the the top running backs for the last few weeks, and you know, <laughs> some some big names there that are not in the top. No, it's very interesting. Yeah, it was uh, last four weeks in total points and half point PPR, and then in fantasy points per game, and it's it's. Cook and CMC and Aaron Jones and Henry inside the top six for both. Latavius Murray inside the top six for both, and obviously that's going to change going forward. But Zeke, 12th in total points and 11th in points per game. And so that's why I say points per game because there was a buy mixed in there. But also Barkley with a missed game. I mean, you have Barkley at eighth even with a big game. Actually, he played the last last four games. So Barkley at eighth, but in points per game, just 12th. So there you go. Who's the second running back off the board next year, Brad? Uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna be Cooker, Cooker, McCaffrey. To well, me, McCaffrey like it, you have to put those guys one too. Okay, so who's three? So if McCaffrey's one, Cooks two. If he's who's healthy, three. Yeah. Oh, you know who three is? No, that's why I asked. I'm gonna say it's Saquon if he's healthy. Uh yeah. So I was gonna say I was gonna say Saquon if he's healthy, 100. Yeah. Right. I still think people will go back to Zeke. I think the big question goes. I think it's. Those four with Cook now in it instead of Camara. I think the big question is going to be who's fifth. Do we go back to Camara or do we go to Josh Jacobs? <laughs> there it is. That's what I was waiting to hear. Josh <laughs> Jacobs. That's what I wanted to hear. Top um, five pick next top year. Top five pick next year. Uh, since we just mentioned Zeke, what the heck's going on with Dallas? Like, what was up with the play calling? Are we just we just give Garrett another pass? Like, is it even on him? I don't, I don't understand. They they in that final drive, Brad, they move the ball by throwing it, and I know they're trying to wear down the clock, score a final touchdown, and win the game. But that seemed to bite them in the ass. Like they all of a sudden they just do a couple runs on third and fourth or second and third, and then they get stuffed, and boom, they lose the football game because they they try to be too cute. I mean, there's a few teams that were trying to be a little bit too cute, and that was one of them. Yeah, the Vikings run defense last night was impressive and you could tell they just decided we are taking Zeke out of this game and going to make Dak beat us with these receivers. And he almost did with Randall Cobb and Amari Cooper having monster games. Michael Gallup had a good game, but 
Ezekiel Elliott, 20 carries, 47 yards, two catches, 16 yards. They completely shut him down. Every time he touched the ball, he didn't even have a, a, a you know, what I felt like was a single good run. Like it was, it, it was just a completely dominant performance by their front seven. And so, um, it, at the same time, yeah, it, 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 I saw that and I was like, what are they doing? Like it, it didn't make sense that why, if you're going to run the ball, why were you in a hurry up? Because they, they, right. they threw like a seven yard pass on first down and then they did a hurry up and it's like, if you're wanting to run the clock, huddle, huddle, run the clock down to five seconds before you snap it and then figure out what you're going to do. They had timeouts. Like, it, I don't know. It was really bizarre. It was like they, they were not well prepared for that situation. And the Vikings, the Vikings run defense or, or run game in the second half was tremendous. They started running cook outside right and left. Alexander Madison, I know a little bit later we're going to talk about, um, you know, pl- players to free agents to pick up. Alexander Madison is 29% owned in Yahoo leagues right now and is, in my opinion, the number one handcuff in all of football outside maybe Latavius Murray if Kamara goes down, but I, you've got to have Madison. Madison needs to be owned and he was good last night too. Eight carriers, 52 yards. Whoever they run when they run outside is, is effective and they need, Madison needs to be owned, and and Cook to me is you know like I said he's a top two back. Jake, it'd be silly if you were a Cook owner and you didn't have Madison at this point of the season. Oh, hundred percent. And I gotta tell you, I know it might be crazy, but there's a part of the reason. I mean, I told you when we did the DFS show, is I said I'm fading Christian McCaffrey, and as crazy as it's gonna sound, part of the reason is I don't know that right now. Dalvin Cook feels slightly safer. And I only say that because something that got overlooked and the reason I was fading him in DFS is because the target percentage for Christian McCaffrey, for whatever reason, has gone in the crap for the past four games, including yesterday. All four of his last games, under 10% target percentage, single-digit target percentage. He had been averaging 14 15% target percentage all the way up until the last four games. Meanwhile, the exact opposite has flipped for Dalvin Cook. In his last three, he's at 12, 12, 12 in target percentage. So... Again, it, part of that's probably due to Adam Thielen, yeah. so maybe that goes back when Adam Thielen is. But I, I don't know. I just, I at least feel like they're both on the same page now going forward. And I say that specifically, like mostly for DFS, but also because if you're looking at trade situations, I think people still have this uh, opinion of Christian McCaffrey that he deserves somebody like like Dalvin Cook and a piece. Like they still feel like the gap is that big. So my point is answering the question, but also throwing that out in the conversation with it, is Cook is that good that he's on the same level as Christian McCaffrey. If he were to go down, Madison is not going to be Dalvin Cook, but because of his opportunity, because of the situation, being a talented running back, he's at least going to be in the low-end RB1 conversation, and that's why you must own him. And that's why, as crazy as it's going to sound, you need to own Bonifon. Not that I think Bonifon's even an RB1 if Chris McCaffrey goes down, but... If you own these running backs, under Fournette, you need to have Reichwell Armstead. We keep going down this list. Anybody yeah. with that level, there's only about six or seven of them left. Tony Pollard, as Zeke goes down, these guys who are going to uh, get the bell cow work, you need to have them on your team. Yeah, absolutely. There's a 30-point gap between CMC and Dalvin Cook in a half-point setting, but to your point, I mean, 48 catches. But not for, the last four weeks. Right, yeah. And it, I was to say, like, closing the gap, I mean, 48 catches for CMC on the season, but 40 for Dalvin Cook on the year, and you're right. Over the past couple of games with Adam Thielen's sideline, he seems to be getting a, a lot of work in, in the passing game. Let's let's move over to that Tampa and Arizona game, because that was it was pretty entertaining. You know, both both quarterbacks certainly not afraid to sling it. And, you know, there's a couple of takeaways 
takeaways here for me. One, let's just start with the obvious with David Johnson. I mean, that was a, a certainly a poor performance from David Johnson. We talked about him on, I think, Wednesday. Do you start him knowing that, yeah, it's a tough matchup against Tampa Bay. You know, he hasn't had a lot of success running the football this season, but he's going to be involved through the air. You know, he only rushes five times, two yards. Uh, he's hardly involved in the passing game at all. I mean, just an, an overall dud performance and likely got you a, a negative. He had one catch <laughs> in eight yards, and then and then it was really Kenyon Drake. Yeah, he lost the fumble, which kind of turned the game around, right? I mean, there was an opportunity. Jameis had just turned the ball over. Arizona's in the red zone. David Johnson. Which time? <laughs> I guess, yeah, you're right, uh, Jameis. <laughs> no, you're, you're dead on. I mean, it's typical Jameis, but Jameis, but he did turn the ball over there in his own end zone, basically, and then it looked like Arizona was going to be able to to really kind of put the pedal on the game and and maybe just get up a couple scores here, and it certainly didn't turn out. Brad, David Johnson, like, what are you doing with him? Are you starting him next week, or like, is he just on your bench, or you just because it's DJ and knowing that the upside is there? There's a lot to unravel. I don't even know if this guy is with Arizona next year. You can touch on that too if you want. That's the thing. Cause I, so he, he's, I think there's a good chance he's cut or at least demoted. And, and Kenyon Drake's a free agent. Who knows if they'll bring him back? I, like right now is the time to me to pick up Chase Edmonds. They, they said they've been targeting a week 11, a week 11, uh, you know, return for him after the hamstring injury. Chase Edmonds is owned in 18% of Yahoo leagues right now, even less than Alexander Madison. That's the guy that I want in the backfield because he can do everything and they, he's had the monster game. Like we've seen the high end of his range of outcomes. That's the guy that I want because obviously DJ wasn't getting it done against, you know, and, and Tampa's run defense is good. Let's very not, good, very good. Let's not diminish that. Number one. Um, but he, he basically wasn't used in the passing game when that's, that's where we thought that there was potential for him to have a big game. Kenyon Drake, had six catches, six yards. Like, I, yeah, theoretically they used him, but it, it wasn't it wasn't effective. This was all Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk when they were moving the ball, and and those two guys had big games. Kirk was a monster yesterday, um, but but it was in big plays, like big splash plays, and and you know I I was impressed with Kyler Murray yesterday, but I expected him to have basically the the line that he had against Tampa Bay. It could have actually been even better, Jake. He missed a couple guys and some some wide open throws. Yeah, and Kenyon Drake is the epitome of why PPR sucks. Seven targets, six catches, six yards, as Brad just said. It's just, yeah. but seven targets. And that's the biggest telling point of this. And I will say going forward, period. I mean, forever, rest of the season. By the way, I don't think David Johnson's gone next year. He has $12 million in dead cap. So unfortunately for them, I think he's still back. Or no, 16 million. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, he's around for at least one more year. So, so whether or not they try to save him for next year and get more as a healthy option, it's just that one more year left. But anyway, that's a sidebar. The rest of 2019, you can't start David Johnson. But you can't. So trade him. If you can get anything, anything for him, just get rid of him. Because here's why I say you can't start him the rest of the season. is because as Brad brought up, brought up, Chase Edmonds is coming back. Kenyon Drake out-carried him twice as many carries. Actually had 3.5 yards of carry against the Bucks defense. David Johnson went a wonderful 5 for 2. The passing game, as Brad mentioned, wasn't used there. One catch, one target. 6 for 6 for Drake on 7 targets. So you all say that. Well, if Chase Edmonds is back, how do you want to start any of them? Next week is the 49ers, so how do you want to start any of them, despite what Kenyon Drake did the first time against the 49ers? And the biggest issue is here, you're going to have to wait for a good game from David Johnson, so you have to wait for the good game, and then you're still going to question yourself the next week after that, so you can't start him the rest of the season. It's impossible to, because you need a good game, and you can't wait for that good game just to say that you want to get him the week after that, so move him for anything. I would move him 
honestly, for like, to go back to Tevin Cole, I would move him for Matt Breida at this point. Yikes. I agree with you, though. I mean, that's what it's come to. It's, it seems like even – it may just be crowded on the way out. I mean, 43 snaps for Kenyon Drake, DJ 29. You guys already talked about the targets. One for DJ, one for – or seven for Drake, rather. Um, the carries 10 to 5 in favor of Drake. I mean – Right. The routes, well, they have the, the week 12 by, too. Yeah, the and right. look at the schedule, and that's why I say that. Like, so let's say let's say he somehow has a good game against the 49ers. Now he has the bye. Are you gonna you're gonna be questioning yourself against the Rams if all three of them are back there? If he had, doesn't have a good game against the 49ers, you're not starting him against the Rams. If he doesn't have a good game against the Rams, he's get the Steelers. If he doesn't get this, like, look at the schedule and tell me at what point will you ever feel great about starting David Johnson for the rest of the season? And on top of that, he's only averaging 37 rushing yards per game, so he, has, just he hasn't been pathetic. that good. Yeah, it's it's really bad. What you okay? So. Let's let's talk dynasty for a second or keeper leagues. Cause I had a question yesterday from somebody, and he's he's he wants to sell. He his, his his season is basically lost. He has DJ and he has Odell Beckham Jr. and he he thinks that both of those guys suck at the game of football. He doesn't know <laughs> what to do with either of them. So I had told him that I didn't think DJ would be there. You bring up a good point, Cap. Like, would you buy low on this guy? Yeah. Would, and from but a low, dynasty low. standpoint, like like RB two, like you can't pay, like you can't say I'm buying low as a fringe RB one. You buy low as like a mid to low RB two, and you buy low. Brad, you agree? You want to buy him in dynasty league? <laughs> I I I don't want to even pay RB two price for him. If I can get him for flex, you know, flex value, then yeah, maybe because there's definitely and you probably there. can, yeah. Yeah, you might be able to right now. Beckham, you know, we, we talked about this last week. Beckham at least had 12 targets yesterday. They forced the ball to him. Yes, he only caught 5 for 57. Um, I'm going to say some of that had to do with the Bills secondary because they're, they're pretty good. Um, but right. at the same time, it, it's, it's still, at least he was, they, the, the Browns made a concerted effort to get the ball to Odell Beckham, even if it, it wasn't effective, uh, you know, like I said, against a good secondary. Yeah, we'll talk about Cleveland in, in just a second. And I, I told him to keep Odell. And he's like, you kidding me? This guy sucks. I don't want Odell. And yeah. I was like, well, then try to trade him. He's like, nobody wants him. So interesting, you know, every league. Is yeah, just, a and just to different. give you an idea of the value, we had a, there's a, a front running team in our, in our league where Odell Beckham became the fourth wide receiver on his team. This year, just with the way play has gone with Cooper Cup and stuff, he traded Odell Beckham and a first rounder for Zach Ertz. And it's not a tight end premium, but he had to include a first rounder with Beckham to get Ertz. And, and that's, that's just like, well, no one wants Beckham. You, like, no one wants him. My, my home league is a keeper league. And two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I traded Hunter Henry and Miles Sanders to get Odell Beckham. And it's a keeper league where, you know, Miles Sanders might have value. And Hunter Henry's been the better player. I mean, like, you're, you're getting, you know, a premium before, and now you can get them at a supreme discount, and I would 100% do that because I'd still make that trade as of today. Yeah, we're, we're going to be probably talking some dynasty and keeper stuff as the weeks go on. We get into football, you know, fantasy football playoffs. If your season is kind of dying down here, we want you to hang out with us. We also want you to rate and review. Haha, <laughs> shout out. But, you know, some questions to us as well at Brad Ziegler, at All in Kid. I don't want to hang out with you. Uh, I do, so I'll <laughs> hang out with you guys. Uh, so any dynasty and keeper league questions like that? There's some interesting guys. There's been some, we've already talked about several big time players not only just having weak performances in week 10, but overall on the season. So before we get to Cleveland and Odell, because I do want to talk about Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt and what we saw there from that backfield and that just piss-poor red zone offense, just one more person to talk about from this Arizona game. Kind of brought, brought him up last week, just tongue-in-cheek. Andy Isabella was the one catch last week. He, you know, he, he had the touchdown. It was, a, it was a big catch. We know he's fast. But this week, I mean, three targets, three nope. catches. I know, hey, deeper formats, deeper leagues, keeper still kind of 
talking about the keeper and dynasty format here. He's certainly trending up. Oh, Brad. No. I'll go to Brad first. I mean, he's at least trending up. He plays nearly 40% of the snaps, 18 routes run, three targets, three catches, all season highs for him. Yeah, Larry Fitz was the number two, but somebody in this offense, and as bad as the defense has been, who knows about Patrick Peterson, if that's going to be a, a bad injury, maybe they allow a few more yards. Any interest in him in Isabella in deeper formats, Brad, or is this just the biggest boomer bust player in, in football? Um, not, not for the rest of this year, but I, I definitely want him. I'm buying low on him in a, in a dynasty format because this is a guy who preseason was a late first round pick in dynasty leagues. Um, and, and they took a second rounder, you know, to, to, or they used a second rounder to get him. He's got a ton of athleticism. We knew he was raw. He's coming out of UMass. He's, he's going to have a lot to learn to get productive in the NFL. And he's gradually starting to get more snaps. He's gradually starting to get there. Fitz may be gone next year. There's a decent chance he's the number two in a high-volume pass offense. Yeah, in a dynasty format, I absolutely want him. Yeah, for next year. I'm saying no for this year because he's still behind Keyshawn Johnson by a decent amount of snaps yesterday. And that's the biggest thing. You said it's it's boomer bust. And I go back to what I'm going to get. I'm going to go back to the schedule again, Chris. Check the schedule. Look at the schedule. At 49ers, you're not starting them. Home against the Rams, you're not starting them. Steelers, not starting them. The Browns, healthy. Now, and even you saw how they handled yesterday. I mean, it's similar to the Odell Beckham conversation with John Brown. It took so many targets just to get him five catches. I don't start him against the Browns either. And then Seahawks to finish things off on the road. When are you starting them? Never. And so it's, I would say even deeper, I'd say 14 with deep benches maybe to get some value this year. Plus you got the buy mixed in there. So I'm with Brad 100%. Like, yes, I want him for next year and going forward. But for this year, three for three, it's boomer bust. I mean, honestly, that, that's the biggest issue here is like, where are you going to, here, put it, I'll put a different spin on it. Like, does anybody out there want me Cole Harbin right now? Like, that's the thing is like, it's the Mecole Harbin argument. Yeah, okay, he had that big play for a touchdown because of his speed and because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes, but you don't ever feel good about starting him any week. No, I and I agree. I'm just bringing him up just for the the whole dynasty and keeper in the deeper league formats. I mean, I play in, in a league where you can hold 34 rosters, like 34 guys. I mean, that's a that's a dynasty. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean that's, yeah, sure, just yeah. a different story. I'm, I'm, not I'm talking sorry, about your 0.2 percent league is coming to play here. <laughs> uh, you know, not everyone yeah, we, plays 12 teams, right? Most people listening to us, you know, probably playing some deeper formats. They're looking for this, some deep dive. No, 10 and 12. You should read the comments. So there's a lot of people that are still playing the common game. They're just smarter. Sure. And, and that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. The majority is not dynasty. At the same time, that even though Keyshawn Johnson had more snaps, I'd be interested. I'm going to wait and see what the PFF stats are for Rouse Run because Isabella caught three passes, three targets. Keyshawn Johnson had zero catches. So I'm oh, not, he, wasn't he may be in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he may be in there blocking. He, ahead of him. Like just because he's not. Uh, it just plays playing more snaps. I, I'm gonna say there's a decent chance Isabella runs more routes than him, or at least a, a higher percentage. So, oh no way, he um, had a target. Like all season highs, like I said, 39% snap rate. I mean, 18. Yeah, routes it, run. they're I mean, working him in there. Exactly. He's starting, starting to get a feel, and and there's a chance. Who knows? Maybe, maybe in two or three weeks, maybe he is playing 60% of the snaps and. And getting a lot of, you know, getting a lot of run, getting five, six, seven targets a game. It is, it is gross. And again, you're not going to be able to trust this guy. Absolutely no. And it's 10 and a 12 and probably. You're not, you're not leaving this game to go to Cleveland before we're talking about the Bucks, are you? Because you keep mentioning that we're going to move on from one more player here. We got to talk about the Bucks side, right? Well, Ronald Jones. You want to talk about Ronald Jones? I like what I, I mean, saw from him. I think a lot of people are going to talk, ask about Ronald Jones, but also OJ Howard. But we got yeah, to talk yeah, about both yeah, of them. Yeah, you're right. Oh, both of them. Yeah. So, so OJ Howard for sure. Another one like season high, 82 snaps, 47 routes run, seven targets. Yeah, yeah. It was against Arizona, but whatever. He was still getting targeted in the red zone. I thought that was a huge plus. No, no. So here's the biggest thing. So, uh, so for, you're actually off by two for wherever you got your stats. It was actually 84 at 85. So it was even higher. Um, 
John Daigle, just for people who want to follow him out here, I'm just and give him credit. This is the tweet, Chris. So this is for well, actually Brad too. Brad, you can listen. You're okay, allowed Brad, to. Brad, you're on the screen. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so I. I tweeted this out. I said, I'm glad it took Arians nine games to figure this out with Howard because John Daigle tweeted out, season high, 84 of 85 snaps. He ran route. This is the big one. Ran routes on 85% of Winston's 55 dropbacks, seven targets, and including, as you mentioned, the target inside the 10-yard line. Why did it, this is, why did it take this long? But to your, I'll ask you the question, Chris, since you've been asking all the questions. Is OJ Howard officially back in her good graces as a tight end one after hearing those numbers? No, I can't. I mean, I'm, I can. The I tight am. End position, I'm a sure. The tight end position is so pitiful that you only need to catch nope, four or I'm five balls. In. 100%. It, it's OJ amazing Howard's how back. things change, right? I mean, week four, we were saying drop this guy. He can't even come near your roster because he's getting you zeros. I mean, it was the same thing, honestly, with Damian Williams. Both of these guys, and you drafted them, you're, you're probably in the, a brutal situation. You cut both, and now they're right. trending up. I mean, that's the way things, well, things work. Well, Aaron's got his head ass. Does he? I, I don't know because the Cardinals all all year the Cardinals can't stop the tight end like that's right. been everybody's stopped, known that against they them. They stopped Tyler Eifert. Wow, Eifert. it's a copycat Congrats. league. Really. Let's, <laughs> and the Bengals' offense that. is atrocious. Like it's, no, but that's it's, the point. Is everybody was saying to start Tyler Eifert against the Cardinals because you can just start whoever the hell you want against them, and he did nothing. I, I, that's why I bring it up. He was everybody wanted to put him as a tight end one. That, that and you can go back and look. Everybody was ranking him as a tight end one because he was simply facing the Cardinals. And if this was, you know, O.J. Howard played 70% of the snaps, O.J. Howard ran 50% of the time on the routes, it's not It's not even that. It's how much. It was an egregiously over-usage of O.J. Howard, and that's why I'm on board, because it's not just, hey, things look better. It's he was ex- it was featured, basically, as a pass catcher in this game. Yeah, but if you take it, and that's fair. I'm not. I'm not saying. I mean, he's obviously got upside. He's he's super athletic. Like we don't know why he hasn't been used more this year. Maybe he's starting to figure it out. He was inactive last week. Maybe you know. Maybe he's finally healthy. So, um, you know, the fact that Ronald Jones caught eight passes in mm. this game was was shocking to me because the biggest knock on him all year has been his receiving, and yeah. then he catches eight passes. But then Peyton Barber catches him in in because rushing attempts. Because he fumbled. Attempts, and so he fumbled and then he fumbled. Barber took the goal line touch away from him. Bruce Arians is as bad as Bill Belichick when it comes to that. You fumble and see ya. Thanks for playing. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it, I don't know. We, it's, they still came out of the game with a win somehow. Um, and that's, that to me just speaks, you know, how bad the Cardinals defense is because this, you know, Mike Evans was okay. He had four catches, 82 yards. I would say that's a, you know, just a decent game. Chris Godwin was, was a little more volume, six for 74. This wasn't the big explosive offensive game, even though it was 30 to 27. There wasn't outside of, of Christian Kirk. There wasn't anybody putting up these monster numbers that we were kind of looking for going into this game. Yeah. Uh, pro football reference has 84 snaps for Howard. So shout out to your boy, John Daigle. Um, Daigle. Also shout out because he was talking about what you just mentioned, Brad, with the catches with Ronald Jones. I mean, I noticed eight catches and I went and looked. I was like, geez, did he even have another year? Yeah, he did. He, heading into that week, he had eight. So he he doubled his, his output. But, he, you know, John had a tweet that said, high school, seven catches, final year at, U, at USC, 14 catches, rookie season, seven. Eight heading into last, last yesterday. And then coming out of yesterday. And, and I didn't, I'll be honest, game. I didn't watch a ton of this game. Is it possible that, Watched I mean, a ton of it. There was a lot of screens. He was in screens. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing because screens is, doesn't show to me. It doesn't show receiving proficiency. Like I want to see a guy who lines up in the slot and runs a route and makes a catch like Alvin Kamara or whatever. If Jones is getting screens, that's like Derek saying Derek Henry can be used in the passing game. Well, that's not 
in a sense, that's like just shifting a run to the outside. And, and so it's, you know, yeah, they might've done it a lot and maybe they thought that was a way they could attack Arizona, but I, I'm not buying that he's going to be used as much in the receiving game going forward. Um, you know, I, I want to, I don't have to see it again. I, so, I, I'm impressed the way he runs. I like. I, I think he runs hard, and he's pretty good in, in space. Although that fumble, Jake, no one was even around him. I don't know what the heck happened there. No, it actually Peyton Barber ran a little bit better than he did yesterday. Yeah. So, so, so uh, two real quick update. It sounds like Austin Hooper is actually going to miss time. Just saw that coming across the timeline on Twitter, and also okay, just for Howard, the fun of it, pick him up. just for the fun of it. Hey, field goal conversion is down to 80.5%. The lo- league's lowest since 2003. Ban those damn kickers. It seems like everyone yesterday was missing kicks and extra points. And extra points. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a banned kickers banner day. Yeah. It was so fun. It really was. <laughs> I mean, even on the Thursday night game, I'm a pool where you pick your own spread. And if you, like, say if I picked Oakland by three, I wouldn't have gotten that. I picked Oakland by one. <laughs> missed the extra point. I ended up getting that. It screwed over a lot of people. But you're seeing that. You're right, Jake. You see that it just... It seems like every week is just more and more and more missed extra points, and I think it's only a matter of time for all these teams are just going for two. Let's move over to Cleveland. Let's talk about Kareem Hunt's debut. We had, we I think all of us agreed on like eight to ten touches. He has four carries for thirty yards, but he was really involved in the passing game. Nine targets, third on the team, seven catches, second on the team. Jake, you and I joked about how PPR is dumb, and you kind of brought it up earlier. I forget with who, but he actually outscores. Oh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, that's right. He actually outscored Nick Chubb, who had 20 carries for 116 yards, but because of the full point for a catch, Kareem Hunt has 14.4, and Chubb has 14.1. But going forward, I'll go to you first, Brad. Is Kareem Hunt, it seems obvious that they want to get him involved you know, he's lining up wide. He's catching some balls. They want to get him involved. Chubb is still the guy, but is Kareem Hunt a flex or is this just, no thanks, it's a dicey situation? No, I, I think you can play him in a flex for sure, especially half PPR or PPR. Um, he he showed a ton of, of uh, ability as a receiver in Kansas City, like long passes down the field, 30, 40-yard passes sometimes. There's There are... He, he is that, one of those guys that I mentioned a second ago that get, you can line up outside and run routes with him or run routes with him out of the backfield that are not just screen passes. Yeah, like if they're having trouble getting the ball to Odell or they're having, you know, Landry's getting some volume, they don't really have a great third option. Rashard Higgins is doing basically nothing. Um, you know, their tight ends are, you know, without Njoku, they're, they're, you know, living with backup tight ends. Yeah, he could absolutely be, be a, a big time receiving option. Uh, down the stretch here because, you know, they, they brought him in for a reason and, you know, their, their GM used to be in KC. He absolutely knows what Kareem Hunt can do as a receiver. I think, I think this is a, a, why they brought him in. You know, Jake, seeing this and, and just seeing that Chubb was still able to, you know, touch the ball 20 times, you're encouraged? Uh huh. I'm definitely encouraged because you know who this is now? You know what this backfield is now? This is now Mark Ingram yeah, and Alvin Kamara with that. the Saints. Yeah. And with Nick Chubb being the Mark Ingram because the snap percentage was still at 81 for him, 54 for Kareem Hunt. The tar- the targets, he actually, Deck being Kareem Hunt, led the team 23.7%. Odo Beckham was second closest with 17.9. But the touch percentage, 38.6 for Chubb, 28.9 for Kareem Hunt, second on the team. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this because they're going to be used both going forward, and guess who they get this week on a short week on Thursday Night Football is the Steelers' pass defense, which, just like the Bills, maybe you see a lot of Kareem Hunt out of the backfield to use what nobody's really been able to do is pass much since they got Fitzpatrick. So going forward, then to get the Dolphins after that, they're back at the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Cardinals, and the Ravens to finish the— Kareem Hunt's going to be in the RB2-slash-flex conversation— 
just like it's basically like the Ingram Camara where they per, the it's the roles are similar but the value is with the lead versus Mark Ingram being this you know the value that was second to Camara with the Saints but I think both are startable going forward if anybody's worried about Nick Chubb I would absolutely buy low and if anybody thinks that my, yesterday might be a fluke I would absolutely buy a cream hunt as well yeah, it, I, and I will say uh, real quick. I will say too. I think it does put a little bit of a cap on Chubb's ceiling because he, you know, he had games this year where he had four catches, four catches, five catches, four catches. I don't know that you're going to see that anymore with with Hunt out there at the same time as him because Chubb's going to be the guy that they would if if he's in if they're both in the backfield or one's in the slot. It's going to be Hunt in the slot and Chubb's going to be helping in pass protection. It, you know, they're not going to send both running backs out there in, unless they're sending five guys in routes, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, Chubb's fourth 100-yard game. He did have four targets. You're right. You bring up a good point. Is there a scenario, Brad, where you think that maybe they they get away from Chubb inside the red zone seeing all their struggles, or is that just on Freddie Kitchens? Uh, I'm, I'm going to put that on, on Kitchens. I don't think – I would, I would like, not say – They had eight times in a row, and they couldn't get in with all the yeah, penalties. Yeah, it's – yeah, it was bad, and and I, I do think Hunt Hunt can be effective in the red zone, but I think Chubb can too. Like we all know, Chubb can score, and so I I don't think you get away from it unless it becomes like a third down, you know, third and three, and you're running out of the shotgun, and then at that point maybe Hunt gets a run or or you know a, a target. So, um, but for the most part, I think Chubb's still going to be the guy. Chubb RB six in the season, Jake. Do you know who RB eight is on the season? Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, no, it's Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you guys want to fight over touchdowns? Nick Chubb versus Jake. He's got more touchdowns. I know that. I just thought you wanted to argue a little bit. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to say going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, going forward. <laughs> you know, here's the interesting one. I will bring up, and I want to ask you guys both this because this is the name that popped in my mind. Because it's like, hey, do you want Nick Chubb or Zeke Elliott the rest of the way? Well, now Zeke doesn't have this issue, so I think that's an easy one. But here's the one I'll ask you guys. Nick Chubb or Leonard Fournette? Because Leonard Fournette is on his heels despite only having one touchdown this year. Mm. I think I'd rather. Would Chubb. you rather have Fournette or Chubb? I think I'd rather Chubb. Is that because oh, of the injury I, history, or do you really think? Just he's... looking at the schedule, that's honestly what it was. Like Miami, Cincy, Arizona coming up, and that's at this point of the season, I'm going to be splitting hairs with schedules. I mean, out of the bye here, you got Indy, Tennessee is a tough team to run on. Tampa Bay right after that. Eh. Chargers, Raiders, Ra- I mean, Raiders, you get Falcons. Week Sixteen against the Falcons, awesome. I mean, even Oakland. I just, I just thought that was interesting, given their yeah, what we're I, talking about. I think yeah. Fournette is about to start scoring more. I mean, you gotta, you gotta think Foles? at some point a little regression comes. Um, well, just because of in general, like he's, he's got, you know, you, you talked to JJ Zacharyson about the yards, yards to touchdowns. Like he's at some point he's gonna start scoring a little more just because of the volume he's getting as a, as you know, the number of touches. Is this offense gonna it, be better with Foles under center, Jake? I don't think it'll be much better. I, I think it might be different. And, and I honestly, this is why I think Didi could overtake Chark the rest of the way, and you might see a little bit of change there. Maybe you do see a little bit more touchdown opportunity. This is really good. That's what Brad just said. There's positive touchdown regression coming, as there was positive touchdown regression coming for DK Metcalf on his red zone targets, because over a hundred instances, things are going to bear out towards the norm. That's where you know we get the norm. It's where we get the average or the mean or the median, whatever number you want to throw out there. Point is, things will start to turn at some point. Again, we can go back to the conversation. Doesn't mean you're due. You could still go over for that day, but at some point, Fournette should start scoring more. If it's this week, everybody's going to claim it was because he was due, though. Because guess what? You know who was due? Supposedly for everybody, Thursday night football, Keenan Allen was due, but nobody talks about it afterwards because it didn't happen. 
eight catches yeah, for, eight 68, for 68 like that's that's a typical that's, Keenan Allen that's game. not a game that's but he was also due to find the end zone for a lot of people I saw the tweets because people started tagging me because they know how much I hate being due yeah <laughs> and that's being the only reason due I bring is, it up. is not a thing I mean you could flip a penny or a nickel 25 times in a row and if it goes it's the gambler's like, fallacy yeah it's just it's not a thing guys yeah. uh Speaking of the but Philip Rivers looked as bad as right. as bad as possible. That's what that I was going to say. Right, because it, there's so many factors. That's why he's not due. Ah, yeah. And <laughs> Philip Rivers, this guy seems absolutely done. That the the last drive of that game was to me was embarrassing to watch him. He they had three timeouts. They needed a field goal, and he was chucking the ball, dropping back, and just chucking it up for grab thirty yards downfield. It was like, you've got, you can work the middle of the field here. You can use Hunter Henry. You can use Allen over the middle. They weren't even trying that. It was all these chucks, you know, throws outside. They got a first down. He was like 0 for 7 or 0 for 8 throwing the ball. They got a first down because of a defensive holding call in the Raiders. And that was the only reason he even got that many attempts. It was like, I felt like on that last drive, there's, I don't know a whole lot about quarterbacking and football. And I could have been better than Phillip Rivers in that moment. <laughs> that was bad. I mean, it was really bad. I'd like to see you under center, but that was, uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> that, that was bad. Uh, are you, before now, we move I, on. I, I want to, I, I want to go, go out and bring up the Josh Jacobs thing that you talked about. Cause, you know, Jake and I were, were going back and forth about this on text. I, it's not that I think Josh Jacobs is not very good. I really truly just thought the Raiders would be about a three and 13 team this year. And I, in those scenarios where they're getting beat every week, I did not think he would get the volume that he's able to get because they're winning games. They're, they are playing really well. Their defense is a lot better than I thought they'd be. They're, they are moving the ball with, with the wide receivers they have, which when you lose Antonio Brown right before the season starts, you gotta, my initial thought is, Oh, the Raiders are, their passing game is not going to be as good. They're running Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, who, you know, who I like, but he's still a rookie. Um, you know, I don't know, Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, like they're, but these guys had three catches each. It, it just, it shocked me how, how good this team is when those guys are not dominant players and they're still putting up 26 on a pretty good Chargers defense. And again, I, I just think their defense is better than I thought, and it's putting them in a lot better position than I thought they'd be. And, yeah, obviously, if they're winning games or it's a close game, Jacobs is going to get a lot of run because there's no one else in the backfield to take touches away. It was it, it was just the fact that I thought they'd be playing from behind most of the season, and they're not. Well, I think a lot of people – I mean, I think their Vegas win total was 6.5. I mean, they're, they're basically right there, it seems like, you know, with their schedule. And, and the fact that they spent – nearly 50 days on the road before they played in their third home game. It's pretty impressive what they're doing right now. And I told Jake before the Colts lost that they were going to make the playoffs and they've got a shot, especially with the bills losing and the Colts losing. They definitely have a shot and let's give some credit to Derek Carr. He's got a 70% completion rate. It's second in the NFL behind Drew Brees. So even with those mediocre weapons, he's getting it done. And maybe Brad, the waiters are this good because apart because of Josh Jacobs. No, because even on the flip side, let's give some credit to me, by the way. So, no, but on the flip side... <laughs> Jacobs is that guy and... that, you know that Seinfeld episode with the big salad? Yeah, he wants to let you know that he purchased the big salad. Well, because I'm going to go back to something that was one of my responses to you, Brad, and something I tweeted out, too, is that since week four, his touch percentage has been 54% or higher, and in the past four games, including two losses and one where they got completely destroyed by the Packers, he has three top 18, including that game, top 18 touch percentages, and that was actually the second highest of his season. The, the highest was against the Lions. So he's being utilized, period, and that's why I love Josh Jacobs. 
right? Yeah, and that's that Packers game to me was was it's just one of those. It's kind of like the Joe Mixon game yesterday. Like, how does a team get beat by that much and Mixon still gets thirty carries? Like, because I realize just, he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right, but in in that game where the Packers were destroying the Raiders the whole game, Jacobs had twenty one carries, and that's that's just not a typical decision from an offensive coordinator like you know what we're getting blown out let's run the ball like usually you try to pass the ball to get back in it and Carr only had 28 attempts that game it it just it that to me was kind of like an abnormal um game plan when you're getting down by or when you're down by that much I just thought that's the kind of game that I expected the Raiders to be in a little more and I expected them to to have like they did in week two and three where Jacobs had like 12 carries you know he wasn't being used in the passing game because they were playing from behind that's the way I thought it would go. And and they, you know, for whatever reason, decided they're just going to feed him the ball that game and basically try to keep the Packers' offense off the field to avoid getting embarrassed. Well, he's got the Bengals and the Jets coming up next. KC, we saw Derrick Henry run on him. Tennessee's going to be a tough matchup. But either way, uh, I think he would have got more play in that Green Bay game, even more than 21 carries. He left a good part of that game with a shoulder injury. Uh, rapid fire here on the way out. Um, we'll go to you first, Jake, with Melvin Gordon. You know, again, another strong performance, getting some touches. Buying or selling? Um, well, I'm buying this use, yeah. and I'm buying that maybe the coaching changes everything, and maybe it's not just the coaching change, but also because you know what he was kind of playing preseason. People always say that all the time. Oh, he's, you know, he's coming back in the middle of the season. Maybe this is just to get him ready and rolling, and now it's there. So there's uh, less than a minute. I got less than a minute on the answer. Yes, yes. I'm buying. All right. Yeah, I'm you're, buying. You're usually all over me, Brad. I didn't ask you that question. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I got a question like, for you right now. I like angry, tough Chris. I love it. <laughs> I got a Where's question for you right from? now, and you know it's about KC. So LaShawn McCoy, inactive. Damian Williams, backfield his, 24 touches, 77 yards in the ground, puts the ball in the ground. Is he getting 24 touches next week, or is Shady active? Because there were some reports that they were just saving LaShawn McCoy. I mean, load management I in the NBA. That. Yeah, load management is a thing in the NBA. By the way, sidebar for all you basketball fans, um, Kawhi Leonard, he sat out 22 games last year. This is not just a thing because he's playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. In Toronto, he did not play back-to-backs. Load management, won a championship. Look at the big picture. Load management in the NFL, never heard of that before. No, uh, you manage the load during the week and and back his practices off or whatever. But, yeah, I don't, I'm not buying that that's why he was inactive. I think it was just a, a coach's decision that we're going to go with different backs and try to spark our run game. Williams fumbled, and they, the Titans returned it for a touchdown, which was a killer play in that game. And then they came right back to him. He stayed out on the field. It wasn't yep. the shady treatment where where he, you know, they take him off the field and run somebody else the rest of the game. He was the guy, and he was used some in the passing game. He had five catches. Yeah, absolutely. I This is Damian's backfield, I think, going forward, you know, barring some some other big, you know, big fumbling issues or something like that. Hold on. I'll do a rapid fire for you guys. I'm turning around on you, Chris. I'm going to ask you the question. I'm selling high. Immediately, though, because I agree, I 100% agree with you, Brad, but I'm selling high immediately because I still don't trust that it might not happen again and go back to LaShawn McCoy, but bigger picture of it, the last three games at Patriots, Broncos at home, at Bears, no thanks for this backfield. Yeah, I, I, the Patriots can be run on. That's they I mean, can be run seen, on. Yes, we've seen that By, all year. So I, that one doesn't scare me. Yeah, I, I, I don't like Damian between the tackles as much. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that too. I, I am encouraged that. He is. It does seem like this is his backfield. I love the fact that he's getting those targets, like you talked about, Brad. That's why, I, you know, as much as I crapped on Damian, it was more of so the between the tackle runner. I like the fact that he's going to get a few targets of the backfield with Mahomes in that offense for sure. But 
okay, is LaShawn McCoy – Brad, you already touched on it. Is LaShawn McCoy active this week against the Chargers, Jake? Uh, I think he is. Yeah. I think apparently I think it was all like he okayed this decision. I saw him on Instagram post business like business trip. Well, we're ready to go here, and then all of a sudden, of he's course he okayed it because let's go back to <laughs> that you pregame could push. Report. You could push. No, 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 no I don't want to be a healthy scratch. I mean, you could. But at push. this at this point, I mean, it's Lashawn McCoy. Like to go back. I was, what I was going to bring up is that pregame thing where oh, he's not getting the first touches in pregame warmups. Like, what was the report after that from players? Oh, who's going to sit there and go like, no, 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 give yeah. me the first team touches so I can get banged up more before the start of the game. All right, fair enough. Um, all right, again, on our way out, just a couple waiver wire hits. You know, check out Jake's column. It's going to come out at twelve oh one tonight. Uh, again, yeah. if you don't have the subscription, <laughs> when is it coming out? No, I know it's all the one. Uh, I was tomorrow, it out. I was I was giving him a heart. I was oh, giving yeah, him a heart tomorrow. Tonight, guys, tonight. I said tomorrow <laughs> no, I was, before. I was, and you're I was all saying over don't me. check it out. I was joking oh. myself on that one, Chris. Yeah, Athletic.com/slash the throwback <laughs> for forty percent off, so you can read that article. Brian Hill, twenty carries. It's the Falcons. Whatever. Don't know the injury with Devonte Freeman. Uh, Darius Slayton shows up in a big way. Randall Cobb's got back-to-back games with eight targets and six catches. James Washington, finally, it looked like Rudolph and Washington had played together before, especially on, on that uh, that touchdown pass in the red zone. A little bit of a fade there. Washington has a career game, and we already talked about Isabella. Uh, who are you most excited about? Is it your boy Slayton? You should have owned uh, Slayton if you're this, but but you could. Yeah. Here's the truth: you right. you you should have owned him. He's been in the waiver column for like, right, five, but he's not six, owned. seven straight weeks, ten percent owned. And here's the thing: is look at the start percentage yesterday too. You couldn't have start most leagues. Like there was anybody you I had for the example. Yeah, you had to, and it was a tough decision, and yes. it worked out. But at now you can feel better about it. But I still don't feel a hundred percent just because. They still use Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer when he's out there. They still get other guys mixed in. He deserves a number two, and I don't think Sony Shepard plays again. But I don't think he is a number three must-start locked into your lineup every single week. I still think he's in the wide receiver four territory. Because Brad Ingram and Shepard maybe just shut down for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's possible. I, I, I like Slayton going forward. But the guy that you mentioned that I'm most excited about is Brian Hill. Um, Ido Smith on IR now. He's out for the year. Um, Devontae Freeman's got a, they did, they said a foot sprain or something and, and he's getting an MRI, MRI. today. Yeah. Yeah. I like this could be Brian Hill's backfield basically to himself the next couple of weeks. I don't care who they're playing. He's a, he's an athletic player. A lot of people don't even know who he is. And, and I, I have him, I had him stash on a couple other leagues and it just worked out. But basically because I think over, at some point, Dan Quinn gets fired and Devontae Freeman loses his starting job, and I thought Brian Hill was more talented anyway. Oh, they're not firing Dan Quinn now. I mean, this is the Super Bowl. Not, well, not this week. Not this week. <laughs> are you kidding me? But I they go like, out and get embarrassed by, you know, somebody in the next couple of weeks. Hey, a chance there was some reports your... before that game, Jake, that if they lost an embarrassing loss, he was going to get fired after that game. I was like, really? <laughs> Against the Saints, an embarrassing loss? Like, this is a good football team. So now they, his job Well, is no, because saved. he saved his job because the one thing, I don't know if you guys noticed, but before the game, this report came out, which of all things, this is what you're supposed to be good at Dan Quinn he the gave defense. away the defensive calls and that's that's where you came this is where you come from Dan <laughs> Quinn like I feel like you should have given away the offensive calls but it worked out I mean look, yeah, look the defense shut down the Saints Amazing. they won the game he just saved his job by giving away part of his responsibilities but to Brad's point yes Brian Hill but don't forget about Kadri Olsen because if you, yeah, there's a lot of people that might not have the budget at this point and I still a hundred times would take Brian Hill 
over Allison at this point. Allison hasn't even played a game this season. But if you miss out, we've seen stranger things happen. You know, you might be picking for scraps. Just grab him just in case, too. And your boy Russell Gage. I mean, five targets, four catches, 23 yards, nothing special. But it does seem like he is kind of filling in for Mohamed Sanu, um, who, by the way, was really good last week. We'll touch about him this week. Um, I, I did want to bring up Jeff Driscoll just for a quick second. If Driscoll is starting the rest of the way, you still roll out Galladay. I mean, he had the touchdown, and Marv Jones had some garbage time stuff. But where did you rank them, Jake, knowing that Driscoll was going to be under center against the Bears? Was it more like Kenny Galladay is a borderline wide receiver at low end two, wide receiver three, and Jones is a flex play? He was a – so, well, there's also six teams on a bye. But yeah. uh, Galladay was a mid-wide receiver two, and Marvin Jones was a low-wide receiver three. I think going forward, it's going to be, it's, you can't feel great about it. You feel a little bit better after yesterday's game, but Cowboys, Redskins better, Bears, Vikings, eh, Bucks, yeah, that's a good one, but Broncos, there's only about two games in there where I feel like Galladay's going to be close to wide receiver one and Marvin Jones is going to feel startable. I think that most of the rest of the way, it's going to be Galladay wide receiver two, Marvin Jones hit or miss wide receiver four, depending on the rest of your lineup. Threw the ball 46 times yesterday, Ty Johnson left with a concussion. They have no run game again, and the defense is still very, very well, that's, weak. That's the biggest so, thing. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, and, and Stafford, they, they said pregame yesterday, it was it's potentially only a one-week deal, three weeks kind of at the most, so. At some point, he's going to back out. I don't think it's Driscoll the rest of the year. Yeah, I could see, <sighs> I could see him getting shut down quite often. I, I would – the fractures in your back and doctors told you not to play? Like, dude. I could see him. Just yeah. stop. It's the rest of the season. You're not in the now. playoff contention. Yeah. yeah. So and I'll go back real quick with the Marvin Jones. He was out-targeted by Danny Amendola, and that's why I bring it up. It's like any game could be an Amendola game and not a Marvin Jones game. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, Brad, you like to call upsets. Seattle winning tonight? Oh man, I, I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Niners win, uh, basically just because they're at home. Okay. Jake? Hey, I'm due for an upset to work. You like that? Oh, baby. <laughs> well, we're so on them in the spread game. pool, you and I. I, I think Seattle wins. We're the on it, yes, tonight. we're on the spread. No, I'm gonna say the Seahawks win, and then on Wednesday they're gonna be like, see, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I think Seattle wins tonight, but yeah, Brad, you're it's right. It's like the what Will Fuller, just keep picking be. him every single week, and then when he hits, see? Yeah. Will Fuller, amazing. Yeah, you're eventually. Yeah. And there are reports that Josh Gordon's going to be used a lot tonight, so I guess we'll see. Are you buying yeah, okay. that? Are you buying that? How many targets for Josh Gordon tonight, Brad? Uh, I'll go six. Under. Yeah, I think four. Uh, I was going to say the in the end under zone. four and a half. Four, two in the end zone. <laughs> so you're taking the under, under. Yeah. Damn, it's going to hurt DK. Man, two in the end zone, though. If he gets two touchdowns, he is. <laughs> oh. It's going to erupt. You <laughs> oh, know it's going to erupt, yeah. Um, okay. It's always a pleasure, guys. Again, a shout out to our, our heroes. Remembrance Day, Veterans Day. Check out Jake's column tomorrow morning. Theathletic.com slash the throwback will get you 40% off. Follow Jake, all in kid, Brad at Brad Ziggler, myself at Chris Me. We will be back on Wednesday. Enjoy the football game tonight. Seattle Wings.